Welcome to Distance and Intimate, a podcast hosted by the SGA Diversity and Inclusion Committee. My name is Ginger Barbour. And my name is Kendalee Walker. We are so excited to have this space to be able to have an intimate conversations about diversity, equity, and inclusion and how they're reflected in different spaces here on campus. In honor of Women's History Month, today we have some women from organizations on campus in hopes of having an informal self-awareness conversation that can be made available as an educational resource for the student body. Hallie and Catherine from Women in Business. No, No, Women in Entertainment. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Okay. Women in in Entertainment. And then we have Days for Girls. Um, You guys can introduce yourselves. I'm Gabby. And I'm Alicia. Yes. And then we have the Theta New Zetas, Theta New Chapter of Zeta Phi Beta, right? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, Lauren and Jan. So, um, you guys can, like, introduce yourselves as far as, like, what you do, like, the work you do, what your organization stands for, and your mission, and... How are you? Cool. Okay, so I'm Hattie with Women Entertainment. Um, I'm president. Weird. Um, but we do a lot of tackling the issues that women face in the entertainment industry. So um, especially like the behind the scenes sort of stuff where it's not as evident that there's like a gender diversity issue. Um, so we talk a lot about like women in music and the studies that have come out with like 2% of producers are women, sort of stuff like that. And kind of brainstorming what we could do to you know, level the playing field, get more women involved in these underrepresented positions. And then we have guest speakers come in that are women in the entertainment industry and talk to us about like how they get started and how to kind of boost your resume, further yourself in the business. One of the other things we're currently doing right now is trying to put on events um, that feature women in entertainment. Like we are trying to put on a socially distanced concert by ourselves as women um, to kind of sharpen our skills for the industry. Yeah, I think they covered it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm the event planner. That's what I'll say. <laughs> well, I am the president of Days for Girls. And I am the secretary. And our organization is really focused on providing sustainable menstrual products for women in underprivileged countries who don't have the same accessibility that we do. Um, so basically what we do is we create kits, we sew them, and these kits are sustainable products. They're reusable pads that these women and girls can use. And we send them over. Um, they have instructions and everything. And then we also do things within our own um, community, such as providing menstrual products at food banks. And then on campus, we did a menstrual cup drive. Yeah, I think um, besides making the kits, we also like put a lot of effort in like education and like raising awareness about like how these women, like, they don't have, like, these resources that we are, like, so blessed with, and how, like, they actually, like, face stigma towards it as well. They they think, like, that's a sin because, like, they have, like, men telling them that, but it's, like, it's, like, something beautiful our body does. Like, we carry babies. Oh, it's hard to have to follow. <laughs> <laughs> So we're in Zeta Five Industry Incorporated, and basically our motto is just to be a community conscious action oriented organization. And basically, what that means is that we want to be in the community and to show that women can basically it's like rule the world and show what our power is in society. So we focus on doing stuff in the community by doing um, 
study halls to build our education as we are college students. We do community activities. Um, we do the local food bank. We try to we try to serve JMU's community as our chapter, but we also do our national chapter where we go to events. We learn about women in industry, women um, in different fields like STEM field, entertainment field, um, history, and all that, just so we can be aware of how we as women can come together and we can like impact the world. But we also do have like our male counterparts to educate them and how they can assist women and just how women are like. And that's my story, I feel like. Oh, and I'm the second vice president of our chapter. I'm the historian and the secretary of our chapter. She <laughs> pretty much like covered it all. Like, I feel you, I feel yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, like very, we're very service oriented, so we do a lot with um, March of Dimes, and we do like, depending on like the time, of course we have COVID now, but we would do um, walks and like to raise money for premature babies and um, to help women in um, that type of um, health care and stuff like that, so, yeah. I'm just like getting chills because I'm like, I'm in a room with like so many strong women. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, so like, what does the modern 21st century women look like to you guys? Oh, no, I would say, in my opinion, it embodies independence. I feel like women historically have been very dependent in the eyes of men and even themselves, but now we're reaching an era where a woman can stand on her own financially, morally, you know, she can support a family on her own, and we're really seeing women break barriers and like the glass ceiling as far as like entertainment business, um, STEM, as you guys were saying, and I just think now we're reaching a point where women are seeing their true capabilities and their own strength. Uh, going off of that, especially like being independent and also like not backing down when men, um, when men say stupid stuff <laughs> to us, you know? Like we had a, um, a a guest speaker, and she said that she worked a show because um, she was um, in charge of merchandise mm -hmm. and keeping track of that. And she said she went up to the merch stand, and the other merch guy was like, "Oh, who'd you have to sleep with to get here?" And she said, "Who'd you have to sleep with to get here?" And I was like, "That's exactly what I see, like, like women like snapping back and being like, I'm an equal to you. Don't look down on me because we're equals, you know." Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, going off of that, like we ask our guest speakers every time, like, what do you think is the biggest issue for women in their like in whatever industry, so music, in production, whatever, and it's almost always like the fact that we think of ourselves as not being equal. It's like a mindset rather than like a we're not qualified. It's like we are qualified, but we've been told so off, so long that we aren't qualified. So it's just reframing your mindset of like I deserve to be here, and you know not letting other people talk down to you, but also not letting yourself degrade your own abilities. And I think having worked in the entertainment field before I joined this club, it is so important to be exposed to those role models early on in your career. Like I started out as a baby at a venue and I met a woman who was the production manager there and now I want to manage tours. And uh, I want to share that with women in entertainment. I want to share my experience and my passion. Um, but that wouldn't be there if not for that strong woman. So women who are also not afraid of 
um, the people coming after them and want to empower them and not like have, see them face the same setbacks that they faced. Definitely, going off of what you said, especially with the modern day women, like role models are so important, especially with the light of social media and the news, you really get to see women being unapologetic and just being true in their own skin. So I feel like now everyone's okay and comfortable in their own skin as a woman and you're just able to be like, I'm here, I will be listened to, stop talking over me, stop mansplaining. Mm -hmm. I will be here and I will say my message and my piece without being interrupted and disrespected. So I feel like now we're pushing past the disrespect and just showing that yes, we can stand aside, a man is necessary, but make no mistake, we are here as women and we will be heard and we will have our message displayed and just be successful in our own like skin. So I feel like that's what like the modern day woman is in society. I have so many chills, that was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so like, how do you guys feel about like how you're being represented in the media today versus maybe our parents' generation? I was gonna say, I feel like, I feel like now we have like gotten better, I would say, because I feel like before it was like, like very traditional and stuff. Like we had like, like you said, like, like now is the time like wo more women are like, okay, like I'm not just gonna be in my house like all day taking care of like my family or something. Like I'm gonna step out and I'm gonna like be more independent and provide for my family as well. So I feel like now we have like more women, like like you guys said, like behind the scenes working in the media and like because they have a platform, they are able to like represent us because like we're so misunderrepresented. Um, but I feel like still we do face like a lot of like stereotypes in um, the media. And I feel like a lot too with like Instagram and stuff, like we have, we like think we always have to look like a certain way, but like we don't. As far as women in entertainment go, I think as far as on screen, on stage representation, we've made leaps and bounds since 10 years ago. Um, but as behind the scenes, we're still really struggling. Like how do suddenly 3% of producers in the music industry are women? And, um, I don't know, like how I work in concert, I don't know exactly how many women, but it's disproportionately small. Like we have a long way to go before we reach equality in all aspects of the entertainment industry. Yeah, and like, because, you know, like Grammy nominations are like, oh, it's like more women were nominated. Well, yeah, because they're, you know, they're on stage and they're showing that they're capable. Whereas like when you're a songwriter, you don't get that same, like recognition when you're a producer you don't get that same like oh like so and so produced this and she's really awesome like you don't get the same press around it because it's not something people pay attention to so honestly i think that's kind of insidious because people can say like oh look at how much representation exactly. there is when there really isn't like we still have so much to do but people are losing sight of that in favor of the visual representation right. did uh, a producer a uh, female producer just win the Grammy for Best Producer of the Year for the first time. First like, time ever. This year. It was yeah. not this year. It was oh. they weren't, weren't as women nominated this not year. This year. Oh, last year was the first time I've... ever to win producer. Of the year. Yeah, even that. But like more issues are coming to light. Like across all of the like issues of the world, if I may, um, <laughs> everything's starting to come to light. Like with the Free Britney thing. Oh. Um, that's been going on for so long, but we're just now like starting to see this, and people are like, oh. This is an issue. So people are finally starting to like be like, maybe maybe we should look at this and like fix it, you know? Our whole club is super into free bread. <laughs> <laughs> we're, 
<laughs> we love her. But going off of that as well, too, it's really interesting to see like what was said about Britney Spears like 10, 20 years oh. ago. Mm-hmm. And like if we saw, you know, on the news someone ask like a woman, hey, are you a virgin? You'd be like, mm-hmm. what the F? Like mm-hmm. that's completely not an okay question. But like that was asked of her regularly. And then when, you know, ex-boyfriend says, oh yeah, I did, like, they believe him and not her. Mm-hmm. And like, seeing how far we've come in that respect is very interesting to me as well. Uh, yeah, I totally agree with like, the whole like, Brave Britney situation, cause like, the media like, like, shows like, a bad light on her. But it's like, we don't even know like, her backstory. It's like, all those questions like, being asked, like, it gets tiring for someone. And like, but all like the media says is like, oh, like some like crazy lady who just shaved her head. But it's like, no, like she's been through it. But no one like understands that. And I think that's a really important intersection of women and mental health, especially in the entertainment industry, because both of those are really highly stigmatized. So when you have a mentally ill woman, she's still stigmatized. Like she still gets. Yeah, like guys can say it's just like our hormones, like, like, are you on your period? Like, calm down. Um, no. <laughs> yeah, so y'all have already started to touch on some of our <laughs> <laughs> topics. <laughs> um, so I think I'll just move into, um, ooh, like other, yes, please. <laughs> like, other assumptions or generalizations made about you guys like here on campus in your profession um, if you are working in a male dominated profession how that like affects you um, <laughs> I'll start. oh um, go ahead. no um well basically i'm a sports and rec management major so i'm one of like three women in all of my classes um, it definitely has influenced me in my time, like through my, throughout my education here, but I would say for like any woman listening, just like use it as fuel to your fire because there are so many times where I'd have to present and I'd say, oh my goodness, I'm going to stand up in front of all these men and I'm going to look dumb. <laughs> but I really like took a step back. That was like my sophomore year and like from then I see like so much growth because now I feel like I look smart and like I've seen such a difference because it's like yes they're men and like that's fine but I bring in a different and diverse perspective being a woman and I feel that like when I work with other women in my major we really do make like such progress and like we do break such barriers and like I see myself then like yes I may be the only woman in my group but I see myself falling into leadership positions then because they look at me as the woman and like not to be like stereotypical but like the matriarch of the group almost like and like I I really enjoy that because I feel like so many times like especially you guys are saying within entertainment women fall backwards because they're scared to use their voice um I personally am a very strong personality and so being so uncomfortable to speak wasn't normal for me and I found that like throughout time I was able to like break down that wall and be confident sharing my opinion as well And of course, there's going to be times where we do feel like our opinion isn't as equal to others or, you know, our ideas aren't as held as highly. But just kind of seeing yourself as like the unique individual rather than the outcast or the black sheep, you know, is like, it really does make such a difference in like how you perform and how you look at yourself. 
relating to that, I so the profession that I want to go into is like songwriting and like like artists and repertoire, um, but. I don't know, for some reason I decided to take a, a production class last semester and it was the worst mistake I've ever I think it was a class of like 32 people and there were me and my friend Jess were the only two women in the class. And I was always so terrified to speak. I had anxiety attacks. I talked to my therapist about it because I was like, every time he called on me, he was just like, what's the answer? And I was like, I you're assuming that I know it. You haven't even told me like what it is. And it's just annoying because he assumed that because, sorry, I just went like off a little bit, but it was just like, it just felt, I shouldn't have felt so uncomfortable in that class as a woman, just because I was surrounded by a majority of men. I should have been able to learn like the rest of them. I should have been able to feel as comfortable as the rest of them. And I just didn't. Um, and I feel like a lot of other people experience that too. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna step off my soapbox, sorry. So <laughs> I have a similar experience right now. I'm also a music industry minor and I'm in a concert production class and it's a little less disproportionate. We're a smaller class and I think it's like 15 people and three girls, women. Um, sorry, trying not to do that. Um, but I had a real problem at the beginning of the semester where I felt like I didn't know as much as the other people in the class, especially the guys, because they knew all this stuff about like audio production and sound reinforcement. And I'm coming from a background of, you know, contracts and management and hospitality. So I felt like when we were putting on concerts that my contribution wasn't equal to theirs because, you know, it's a smaller concert. It's not like we're, you know, hosting KISS like I did at my venue. So my hospitality isn't as important. And what I'm working to, you know, kind of come to terms with is that my experience is just as important as theirs because it takes all of that to make a concert happen. And that's what I wish that any girl would take away from this is that even if her experience is in the, I hate to say this, but the softer side, like that's the you know general term, that's still important. Like you still need those people. And if that's what you're good at, there is no shame in being good at that just because you're a girl, even though it's like the stereotypically girly thing but also don't be afraid to go for the guy stuff. Like, go for both. Mm -hmm. Going off of that too, like, we, uh, I personally forget a lot of the time, I feel like a lot of people forget that like, we're all students, we're all here to learn, we're all equals in that respect. And like, just because there's a certain like, sex that's more loud about like, oh, I know this, like, you probably don't because you wouldn't be in this class if you did. Like, mm -hmm. oh, like, if you were really better than me, you wouldn't be taking the classes that I'm taking. Like. We're all here, we've all earned our place here. We are all equals in that respect in my eyes. And like, you have to just constantly remind yourself like, yeah, he may talk a lot of stuff, but like, if he's not getting paid to teach me, I'm not gonna trust a word he says sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Not soapbox, I don't know. Yeah, I love that you said that. I don't like hold space for everyone else, but this is something that we talked about yesterday and it's been so big with kind of everything going on this year is I think also being a black woman and like really in white spaces and um, male dominated white spaces has been extremely hard. Um, and I like, I told my committee yesterday, I told them, I was like, my thing and I want like a progression of, sometimes it's not always the best thing to be the loudest person in the room, but to amplify like people's voices that need to be heard. And so it's not like, I think sometimes we have this thing of like, I'm going to speak for people. You don't need to speak for people. You need to amplify people's voices that need to be heard in that perspective. And sometimes with these generalizations of, if you say your mind or you speak your piece, you're seen like as aggressive or it's too much. And I, I've had that, like, I've had to grapple with that so much of, like, okay, like, do I just not say anything? But it's, 
I'm here for a reason. I'm in these positions for a reason. And my perspective needs to be heard because in a PWI, when you're in a white male-dominated space and rich male-dominated like space, it's so hard. But that perspective is so needed when you're working and advocating for women and advocating for people in general. Um, so, yeah, I like that was my soapbox yesterday that like, I had them listen to. But... <laughs> No, for real. Going off of what you said, because I'm like um, a chemistry major, so like male, 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 You're male. You chemistry? Yeah. Oh, oh my God. God. <laughs> like male, 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 everywhere. And you kind of see like being in that white space and that white, white male space and being like one of being the only black woman in the room and sometimes grouping people. Sometimes you have to um, like almost close, you have to close, definitely have to close switch. Because if you say something like, oh, you know, what's up? They're like, oh, how I talk. They're like, oh, you talk like that? You're from this and that's, oh, that means you're not educated. That means you're not well equipped to do art, to write and stuff like that. And I'm just like, at this point, I feel like, um, like my first two years at JMU, you like you're a freshman, you're just thrown in, you're thrown into the wolf as, as it is as a freshman. And then coming in as like a black woman, freshman and in the STEM field, it was impossible to kind of find my space because no one looked like me. No one understood what I was saying, like what you said, like you can't speak for everyone, but I feel like representation matters. But if you're the only person in the room and you do for yourself at the same point, you kind of have to speak for everyone because you are everyone in that sense of being a black woman, black person in the field. So you have to kind of, and it, it puts like an extra pressure on you. So you have to worry about what you say, how you look, because like you never know who's around. And if you say something, someone else is going to take the wrong way. They're going to think, okay, I talk a certain way. I'm not as educated. Um, I act a certain way. I can't be with the group. I try to talk, give my ideas, and then they're like, oh, no, it's not right. That's not right. That's not right. And then you're sometimes just like, is it not right? So sometimes it kind of like messes your mind. But as you said, like I like what you said when you talk about at some point you're going to have to know like, we're all in the same class. But honestly, you're in this class, I'm in this class. We're both struggling buddies. So <laughs> we're, we're definitely equal. So I need you to remember that we are working together to better equip ourselves and get our degree, but also work together as people. So I feel like humbling matters helps. And sometimes you do have to kind of steer away from being scared to like voice our, um, um, our opinions. Like if I say something in a hard, stern way, I'm not trying to be aggressive as a lot of people would assume. I'm just trying to be like, this is correct. This is the way it needs to be. Because, you know, like sometimes if you're not assertive, you go with that sense of like curling into a little ball and just not feeling important. So I definitely feel like representation matters, but like being at a PWI is just sometimes so draining because a lot of times you come from a background where you see people who look like you and you see what diverse means in a sense. So coming here is like, I think Jamie is a humbling experience but as well growth needs to happen and I feel like having like this conversation is women in general we can kind of voice what we feel and bring to the table but also the differences because education matters and in order to really uplift in order to be like intimate have these conversations we all have to be open to knowing what's different about us and how we can change and bring it back into like women rule the world but also let men know like we're here together and like uplift here and uplift everyone. And I also think we have to not be afraid to criticize other women when we catch them doing that. Um, we had a conversation the other day. We love Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift is the goddess of entertainment. <laughs> um, but she, we noticed like she was not uplifting women's voices when she features them on her songs. Like her songs with male collaborators, they get whole verses, they get um, their own parts with women, it's just backup vocals. So, and it's like a systemic thing, like four or five it's, multiple times. So we had, it was a really hard conversation for us because we love Taylor Swift, but just that, and it's not just about Taylor Swift though, but about like being not afraid to criticize other women 
and call them out if they're not uplifting other women's voices and you know voices that need to be uplifted like no one should be afraid to call someone out for that I definitely but um we also like had a conversation with um juliette Coslow, who's the touring like goddess of oh whatever God. oh, yeah and she she was very big on like there's a time and a place to be like outspoken radical feminist and like like when she said the whole like he said who are you sleeping with to be here and she was like who are you sleeping with to be here like that was needed in that moment but if you are in a room full of men and someone says something that's like oh that's a bit sketchy like maybe not in that exact full meeting of men is the time to make that maybe after the meeting be like hey this may be uncomfortable like can we talk about this and how we can make it better next time instead of like because it's not about humiliating them it's about educating them and it's about like making yeah. sure it doesn't continue and if you you know humiliate a person in front of their colleagues they're going to be like you're you know a bitch or whatever like and it then puts an unfair target on you and that's not the intention it's just you want to make things better without making things worse i don't know that was a weird way of saying it no but, I so. it's also like a safety thing like if you're in a group room if you're in a room full of men and you criticize one of them they all agree all of a sudden you get the target on your back yeah and i think that's you know, as women who are trying to succeed in male-dominated fields, that's something we have to, you know, grapple with all the time is our desire to express ourselves and feel safe in our um, careers, but also dealing with decades, if not, yeah, decades of, um, you know, stereotypes and set ways. And I think, too, it's not, like, most of the time, some, some men are bad, and there are some men that do intend to make you feel bad. But... <laughs> but I think most of the time it's not intentional. Like I don't think most people go around intending to hurt your feelings or to make you feel inferior. Like I think it's just a cultural thing. Mm -hmm. And so if you call someone out and you're like, this is sexist, you're then being like, well shit, it probably was sexist, but now I feel really shitty, you know? Yeah. And so then you are then like the villain in their eyes. Yeah. It is a fun line to walk. <sighs> I kind of, like you were saying now, like, we're kind of going back, like, um, we need to critique as women. I feel like a lot of times that people are scared to critique because you want to, like, uplift everyone and be in the same space. So, like, you want to be like, yeah, 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 like, to, like, like hype you up and you say something, you're just like, but yeah, 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 because you don't want it to seem like you're not, like, you're not up, like, you know, not uplifting your own, like, gen like women in sense. But I definitely remember hearing the term defend and public but critique and in private and I definitely think that needs to be more I think that's commonly done I feel like yeah, we're always kind of like hide each other up but then we're like okay bye and walk away and then we're like this person said something it's like mm, you just said something real shady but I'm just let it slide and they say it again and I feel like that's where education matters and yes. having having an open space I think a lot of people especially because I feel like nowadays people are so defensive because you just kind of have to be because I feel like now it's like a survival of the fittest type thing where you just, you're on your own. So a lot of times people are just like, okay, I'm going to say this. I'm going to stand up for myself. I'm just do me, do this. And then you just walk away. So I feel like now, every, I feel like we need to come back to a time where we all just sit there you know, have an open mind, an open conversation. Where we're like, okay, what did I do wrong? Sit down and tell me what I did wrong. I must take it to heart. Um, something, we're not going to agree, but you know what I'm saying? Something we do agree with. I'm like, okay, why do you think this is wrong? Because sometimes how you say stuff, you don't realize it sounds offensive until someone else hears you. So I feel like crits that critique like in private and just take somebody to decide to talk with the group like, hey, I think this was said, this, I don't think you meant it in type of way, but maybe if you rephrased it and said it this way, it would come out better and you're, you're meaning and you're 
your value or everything will still be heard and still make sense. So I definitely feel like having that space is necessary and needed. And I feel like it would also make people less on the edge. Yeah. And I think as we're all women who are in leadership positions in women-oriented organizations, I think we are the first line of defense when it comes to giving and receiving critique. We in our organizations and in our communities need to be the role models for giving and receiving critiques. Like, and we need to be open about, maybe not about giving critiques, that needs to be done in private, but about receiving critiques. We need to address it with our groups and say, I was wrong, this is the action I'm gonna to take to correct it. You know, These are the steps I'm going to take. Because if we model that, then it will just become a commonplace practice for people to accept critiques in a healthy way and um, build their character from them. Okay. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of critiquing, um, a lot of times, if not, I mean, mostly every day, like everywhere you go, you're objectified, you're put in a box and you feel like that you have to dress a certain way, look the part, talk a certain way, be ladylike, like, so let's talk about that as far as, like, in our professions, on campus, and how we can educate people to change their, um, the way they feel women should look or act. Okay. I got this. <laughs> I would define myself as a poser punk. Like, I love the fashion. I listen to the music. I'm not all the way into the lifestyle, but I, I try. <laughs> so this semester, I have started dressing exactly how I want to dress and not taking fatigue from anybody. And it, it's like, right now, I'm wearing a see-through top with a bra, and I've gotten some weird looks, and I've just ignored them because, like, I don't need that energy in my life. Some days, I'll wear... I, I call them grandma skirts that are plaid skirts that come down to my leg. Mm -hmm. And I just, when I found my style, I just felt so powerful. Like mm -hmm. even if I got a comment that I looked weird or if I got a weird stare, I felt like I could still be confident in myself. And I think that is really important for every woman is to find whatever style she feels the most confident in, whether that is you know, some women do feel more confident if they're more um, covered, and some feel more confident if they're, you know, showing more skin. The more, most important thing is to find the style that allows you to ignore outside comments and just be confident in what you are presenting to the world. I think, too, that JMU has, I mean, the world in particular, but JMU, like, especially, has a big problem with catcalling. Oh, oh my god. Like it's gotten better since I've been here, but it's still really bad. Oh, like yeah. I'll be in like full sweats and I'll get like whistled at through a car window and you're like, What gives you the what I'll gives be, you the right? Like I'll be running on Stone Spring and I will get honked at and I'll be in like a sweatshirt and sweatpants running because I don't want to get honked at. I still get like harassed. I got honked at on the way here. I mean, given I am wearing like something fairly revealing, but that should- You don't deserve that. That shouldn't freaking matter, bro. <laughs> Mind your own business. I don't feel like being terrified right now because a big black truck is hon honking at me. <laughs> like, no. I was gonna say, um, my roommate just recently encountered like, a situation like this. Um, so she's like some Instagram influencer uh, for fitness, so like she records herself about like working out. And she had, um, told uh, my roommates and I that one day she went to like Loop Park 
and she was like recording a workout, like she was wearing like leggings and like a sport bra or some like neon leggings. And then some lady actually approached her and told her that she shouldn't be wearing something like that. But I feel like that's where like the biggest problem is because it's like we shouldn't have to be um, told to dress a certain way. It should be more like we need to educate men about it. Like, you sh yeah, like what? Like, yeah, we should have yeah. to be educating each other. Yeah. We should yeah. be like, right? Yeah, like yeah. we should educate them. Like just, just because we're dressed like a certain way that might be like, I don't know, seductive to you, but like that doesn't, that doesn't give you the right to think that like, like we want you or something. Or to make us feel unsafe because yeah. we dress a certain way. And I think we need to address that within um, certain industries is like dressing seductive does not make you unprofessional. Like yeah. maybe if you did it work, like if I wore this to work, I would be like, okay, maybe this is not like the best outfit to wear around industry moguls. But if I'm posting a picture of this on my Instagram, that does not make me unprof unprofessional. That mm -hmm. makes me a 21-year-old woman with a mm -hmm. sense of fashion. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Definitely going on what you said. Like, um, I feel like just being able to wear what you are, I feel like the, the term of like professionalism, like what, who gets to say what's professional? Because like, say I'm, I'm a black, yes. But like you say, I have my hair out frizzy and I'm like, I go to work. It shouldn't be like, why is your hair crazy? Like that's a style, like it shouldn't be, that's unprofessional. And also I feel like with sexualization, like again, social media plays a huge part. And oftentimes what makes you feel suck it, like very crappy as a woman too, when other women have the audacity to come to you like, oh, I don't think you should be wearing this right now. Like, I could feel like, I feel like, because when I get compliments from like my friends, my sisters, I'm like, they're like, look good, sis, I preach like that. I'm gonna be happy for the rest of the day. I like, like gonna say, I love getting compliments yeah. from girls more than mm -hmm. yeah. guys. Yeah, like, <laughs> a woman tells me like, oh, you're not, why, you shouldn't be wearing that in public. I'm gonna be like, wow, really? Like, you know what I'm saying? So I feel like that too, and then sometimes people, I feel like people have the audacity, and they shouldn't. <laughs> yes. And that sexualization is just very like, because the minute someone's like, hot, like they cat called or something, and you're wearing something, you're gonna feel uncomfortable. And then I feel like some some people often, more than times not, they go into a little bubble and like, okay, I have to start dressing like, um, more have clothes and be because when I'm revealed, like I'm gonna be approached and scared, especially like if you're walking at night or something, mm -hmm. and people come like, hey, you look cute, like you're like creepy, yeah. and then you're like next day like. You oftentimes see people like wear like turtlenecks, like they just um cover it up. So I feel like that too plays just a part with that one one incident can really change your life. So I feel like um like it's just social media and I think like now with the era and everything has changed. The culture, the climate's more different where like where we as women we can kinda of wear what we want more and be expressive and not get a lot of negative calls. But I feel like the one time you do get a negative call, especially from other women, you're like you kinda of shut down because you're just like what do you see that I'm not seeing as a woman? Like, right. you know what I'm saying? And I do feel like, too, sometimes some women, they feel like, oh, they're trying to get noticed. They're like, okay, let me, like, this guy's looking. Oh, my God, sis, you don't look cute anymore. Like, you know what I'm saying? So I feel like that, too, plays a role yes. when other women come and critique other women about the way they dress. Mm -hmm. what, you said something earlier, and I forget what it was, but it made me think of this. Honestly, the role social media has played in emphasis on secondary sex characteristics on a woman's body, like breasts and hips and all of that, I think is honestly so insidious because it, like, there's now a plethora of women online that have this, like, very, no body type is inherently sexual, yeah. but it is deemed sexual, and it is, like, open right for men to comment on because that's how social media works. And now they feel entitled to comment on our bodies in real life because that's what they're exposed to online. So I think that 
I don't know how we fix that, but it's just something that I've observed happening. Um, yeah, and I don't know where I was going with that. I feel like on this like negative statement of like not fixing your body, but like not correcting either, but like you know.
So there is a, um, a bias against women who are on one end of the weight range instead of the other that uh, definitely needs to be addressed. Mm -hmm. I was gonna say to, oh sorry, mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like really quick. <laughs> I was gonna say, I remember I used to be like so insecure about my hip zip um, because like she was saying like, oh, like a lot of influencers have like this slim like hourglass figure, but I'm like, so I would like always do workouts to get rid of them. But I learned later that that's like nothing not that you can do. <laughs> but then I remember seeing um, a picture of I always forget her name, but Miguel's Miguel's wife or girlfriend, mm -hmm. and like she posted a picture saying that she had hip zip and she is like so beautiful and it just like made me feel way better because it's like okay like there are other girls there too that have them and, and like still look beautiful even if they don't have like that ideal body or something. So I think that's where it's important to like have like those influencers and people that like represent like like everyone. Yeah. It's like a ricochet effect though. Yeah. I was going to add, I actually saw this either earlier this morning or last night. Barbara Palovich, I believe is her name, um Dylan Sprouse's girlfriend, was just named one of Victoria's Secrets plus size models. And that I feel like just is yeah, exactly. Everyone's <laughs> eyes just Wait, bugged down. I'm gonna look up her measurements. That just goes to show, you know, there is like a historical standard of what a woman's body should look like because she is, you know, I always thought so beautiful. She has this slim frame and like she's a gorgeous woman, of course, but I think that she is in an accurate representation of plus size women. Um, especially because, you know, historic Victoria's Secret historically is very, very tiny women. And they are equally as beautiful, 100%, but it's just that standard that women have been held to. And then women try and frame themselves to look like these women, and, you know, they beat down and tear up their bodies. Um, I was just listening to a podcast, and Mia Khalifa was saying how she had a horrible eating disorder, and she would take laxatives and everything just to try and make herself look slimmer, and she realizes now it was like the most unhealthy way possible, but... She said that her body got so weak from these things and she eventually did like meet the standard and every guy was like, oh, Mia Khalifa, you know, like she's like the okay. ideal body type and this, that, and the other thing. But then they comment on what she puts on her body. She doesn't cover up enough and she covers too much when she wants to get out of the sex industry. And it's, men are always going to have something to say about a woman's shape or size, but then you can't even satisfy them with that is what you put on, whether you're showing too much or too little. So, I mean, I would like to comment on the Barbara thing. Yes. Her BMI, which I know is not the most perfect measurement, but it is what they used when they were assessing me, was 17.7, which is slightly higher than mine when I got put in intensive therapy. It is clinically underweight, and she is a fucking, sorry. And she I don't know, are you allowed to say You're good. Oh, yeah, she yeah. is a fucking <laughs> plus size model? What the fuck? <laughs> I'd like been meaning to have us do like a whole thing on like yeah. women in fashion and models yeah. because like oh my god it's so messed up still. But, yeah, I was like, gonna try modeling this semester and then I was like it's gonna be too triggering. Like okay. I, I'm not gonna be able to make it through that. Another thing like this is kind of off topic but it's like something that I think we kind of struggle with is like it's hard to find men that are willing to join female dominated spaces like mm. we've had one man come to any of our events this semester my boyfriend so like 
and I think that would change a lot of things too if like because we we're open to everyone we're not like yeah. just women we just talk about women's issues and a lot of a lot of it is you know well like I don't have to think about this because I'm not a woman but a lot of it is also like on our end we're like but how do we change things without yeah. you you know like how do we you change the issue you were the issue <laughs> mostly like, <laughs> and I honestly that's kind of how some of our higher ups market it like we have a music interview professor Ojo Taylor who is so supportive oh, of us. He's so we good. love Ojo, um, but he's her. So he's very, very much on like, please come to these things. Like we're getting his wife to come and talk to us because she's a poet. Like oh, things yeah. like that. But yeah, I don't know. I was know. gonna say I feel like for days for girls too. I feel like people look at it as just like an all girls club, especially with girls being yeah. in the title. Yeah. yeah, but at the same time, it's like we want to encourage men. To come and learn about these things because it is important because like one day like they might be fathers and they might have daughters mm -hmm. and like they need to like they need to be more educated on on like their bodies so they can like better take care of them and too because like men are the ones telling them that it's something bad but like it's not so i feel like it's kind of like sucks i wish there was like more guys that would come out just so they know like this is like a problem that like we have to face. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's incredible too. Our selling advisor is actually a male, and he says like it. He loves being part of such a powerful mission and everything, and that's something that we just like appreciate and hold so dearly because it's true. We have what two men in our group, me, and they don't. They're not very active. Yeah. Like we never see them. But I mean, it's just because you know like I've advocated for this organization in so many of my other organizations. And the minute I bring up menstrual products, they're like, oh. And like, they kind of stop listening. And like, in the beginning too, I even found myself saying, sorry men, I'm gonna go on a little women tangent real quick. And I stopped myself after like, the second time saying it. And I was like, why am I apologizing? Like, this is something so normal. Like, this is how their mothers brought them here. This is how their sisters are able to function. And like, it is something that like, it's the reason that they are a being. So it's like, I stopped apologizing and I started saying, hey, like, and if you want to come too, you guys are more than welcome. Like, we really would love to have you guys and like broaden our horizons in that sense. I absolutely love what you're doing. I'm a superhero, like the feminine mystique, and I think like the ability to bleed and give life is just such a grounding experience that connects us to each other. And I think it's so important for men to understand that. Like, they're never going to understand what that experience is like the ability to like give life but if we can educate them on it more they might understand what we go through so i think what you guys are doing is so cool there's a psa to men who are listening we're recording this right yeah <laughs> <laughs> this is a podcast Hallie. <laughs> psa to men who are listening come to these organizations please you're welcome and we would love if you would I also think asking questions is very important. Mm -hmm. Because like what you were saying, like with everything, like men are a part of the conversation because they don't have a baby. Like you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. they're part of it. They're the other half to the whole essentially. <laughs> and like with everything, I feel like we as women we're like here, we are talking to our talking amongst ourselves about ways that we can improve, critique each other as well. As I feel like as well as women to gain the utmost respect. Uh, I feel like men as well need to be educated. Like, women are here. Why are these issues happening? Let's sit down and talk about it as a woman. Like, you know what I'm saying? So I feel like education matters, communication. And, like, in order for everyone to, like, really understand, like, you know when we talk about, like, women equality and everything like that? 
everyone just assumes it's like equal pay, everything like that. No, let's understand why I have to come to work and sometimes like, like you know, they you have to talk about menstrual cycles. We are gonna have menstrual cycles when we're at work. But I was like on Twitter, even though it's so, it can be so toxic, but I love Twitter. <laughs> I was talking about how at one industry job, I forgot which um, place, they, they thought um, tampons and pads in the workplace were a luxury oh. and that they were actually complaining about having that in the workplace and that women shouldn't have days off or anything like that because it's something that should happen. But at the same time, the job that they go to, they don't have a space where they can even go and get pads or tampons or that. If they forget it at home, they have to go to their day, go to their way, take an extra break and go get it. So I'm just like, education wasn't in that conversation. Um, having women's rights and equality within that conversation because as like men, like why women, like you know what I'm saying, learn the body, learn the mindset, understand why women are kind of not enraged, but like enraged at like the disrespect that they've been, uh, we've gotten in the last years and so on, why more so more women are speaking up because like it's just, it's draining after a while, you shut off. And I feel like, again, it goes back into like mental health issues, like that taps into a lot of danger for women. So I feel like having education and communication, like men, listen to conversation, like let's come together, let's speak about women. Because we speak about men all the time, they speak about themselves all the time, and we, yeah. as women, are forced to listen. So I'm gonna need you to listen, but not by force, <laughs> just because you want to be here and want to understand the way of the world, because I feel like that's so important. I think that's such a fine line between forcing them to listen mm -hmm. and wanting them to listen. Because there are some that don't want to listen, mm -hmm. but they need to hear it. So it's really hard for us. I mean, it it feels like it's on us to create an environment where men want to listen, where it shouldn't be, but it is. So it's really toxic and draining for us as women to have to like educate men who don't necessarily want to be educated in the first place. I, go ahead. I just have a thing. Um, that just reminds me of a song um, called I, "You Guys Have to Know Dua Lipa." Um, <laughs> um, her song "Boys uh, Boys Will Be Whoa." <laughs> Boys will be boys is so good, and it's like basically all about this, like um, men just like not listening um, to women. It kind of reminds me too of like that fine line of myself of like I'm an anxious person, like I am scared of t a lot of these conversations, but also like the fear of being perceived as being like bitchy or being aggressive or pushy or whatever those like bad words are for us. Versus, like, if a man was like, hey, come to this presentation, like, or else, like, you'd be like, okay. You know, like, for, you know, being perceived by these, like, men of, like, oh, she's this, like, angry feminist that hates all men. You're like, no, actually, I just want you to listen to me and treat me as an equal. Like, mm -hmm. and so reframing within myself of, like, demanding the respect that I deserve is not an aggressive act. It's just being a person. That reminds me of something a woman I met at the venue said. And I don't know who she was. I just met her at lunch and I was talking to her about how like I was scared to assert myself around men in the industry. And she said, don't be afraid to be called a bitch because what does that do to you? You still get what you want. You still get their attention. And eventually they'll have to respect you. If bitch is the starting point, go with it. And I don't know if that was good advice, but it definitely stuck with me. <laughs> um, this has been great, y'all. Like, such great and open conversations. And I'm sad that, like, we're running out of time. But our last question, kind of just to leave us off, is just about empowerment. Um, how can we empower other women, um, even with different identities of being 
ableism, ageism, um, you know, race, like how can we empower other women and how can we empower like other women on our campus? Um, so I guess like a twofold of like in general, but also on our campus. For me, it comes down to representation and having positive role models. So like our guest speakers, like I'm always so just driven after I talk to them. I'm like, oh my God, you've done so many really awesome things and like you haven't let anything in your life stop you, whether it's like a heart attack at 22 because you were putting your body through so much stress. Like we literally talked to somebody that did that. Like, and then that didn't end her career. She was just able to readjust and relearn and like try other things. So it's just seeing yourself in a lot of things and seeing like women and seeing, you know, disabled people, like anxiety, depression, things like that, like talked about and things like that. Yeah, that's my soapbox. Building off of Hattie, accessibility is another huge thing. Um, making sure that there aren't, you know, barriers to uplifting other women, whether it's like physical accessibility for women who, um, I, you know, maybe have a wheelchair or walkers or something like that's something my venue struggles with and you know sorry to like if like you were talking about earlier professionalism like that's another barrier that some women face so making sure that if there are barriers to accessibility we are doing our best to break them down mm -hmm. um, um for me i say like uh definitely having that like emotional support from each other and like having affirmations because like you said like just like if I'm walking down the street and I see like like if I like your outfit I'm gonna say I love your outfit like don't change the outfit don't listen to anybody else like mm -hmm. I love it like just having that oh, <laughs> just having that um like that encouragement like you're giving me positivity and I'm going to feed that positivity so it's just receive and give and if once you give it to that other person hopefully they will go down the rest of the day and they will just give it to other people. So just having that like encouragement, the affirmations and just being supportive. And even if like you don't know them, just giving them a hand or just like, hey, if you do need me, you don't know me, but I can probably like, we can probably be friends and I can probably help you and be there for you. Yeah. Yeah, I think going off of that definitely is, well, I, it connects to what I was going to say, just helping women see what's so beautiful inside of them. You know, like we as women are such beautiful beings inside and outside. And I think just like, like you said, uplifting and affirming other women and seeing their own beauty. And how, um, Kendall, you were just going into like sexism and um, ageism rather. Like some women feel as they get older, like they their beauty phase is gone, you know, like they were young and beautiful once and now like it's, it's over. It's just the winding down of their life, but like, they could have been such a role model to you like their beauty is on the inside and it's within their heart or within their brain so like or you were saying like physically disabled women just like they can be such advocates within their community um i had a physically disabled girl in my high school and she was literally like the most beautiful person i've ever met inside and outside she just she was such an advocate for women and you know people respected her and they saw her as such like a leader because of that so yes, there are things that hold us back as women, but just seeing that, you know, even the littlest things can make us such beautiful beings and leaders is like really key. Going off of that too is like, I try to be mindful of like, just because someone has X or because someone like is a woman doesn't mean she has to be a role model or just because mm -hmm. someone is disabled doesn't mean she has to be an advocate for disabled rights. Like, mm -hmm. I think a lot of the time in society we 
like put people in a box whether or not they want to be in that box and so keeping in mind too like for myself especially like you can look up to people without expecting things from them if that makes sense sorry my brain is really scattered <laughs> yeah. okay. bouncing off of like what everyone said i think it's really important to one make sure our feminism is intersectional feminism to make sure it stands for everyone it stands for black women white women trans women uh disabled women all of the women gay women all across the board um and also when we <clears throat> and we also need to catch ourselves when we're, when, like, how we were talking about earlier, um, when we were like, if, if, a, like, another woman says something that's, like, kind of sketchy, be like, hey, let's not, let's, let's catch ourselves when we're doing something that is destructive on women in general. Um, and just make sure you uplift all women, as we've been saying. Um, but yeah, yeah. <clears throat> oh. Thank you guys for coming out and being part of this conversation. Thank you guys for doing the work you do and continue to empower women on campus and hold these types of conversations so that we can grow um, and educate our fellow student body. Um, yeah, thank you for being on Distance and Intimate. <laughs> thank, thank you for having us. Thank you for having us and giving us this to like yes. share about our orgs and like what we do and experiences. Yeah, we hope to like collaborate with you guys in the future. Absolutely. Um, 100%. 100%. <laughs> <laughs>